Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis podcast. My name is Richard Acton, and in this episode, episode 33, we are covering uh, book two, uh, Adulthood Rights, uh, and part two, Phoenix, and of that, uh, chapter six. Um, it's a reasonably long chapter, um, but uh, we're just going to do the one, and uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Michael Glinkham. Hi, everyone. Yeah, so this time we have a, ni- a nice longer ch- chapter to discuss um the events we actually finally get to know the name of the gingerman <laughs> yes so the, the whole the whole group of um uh, of men uh, including the one who died right yeah uh, we get uh, we get all their names yeah but like i'm just glad that i don't have to call him the gingerman anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, a little bit of a, a mouthful <laughs> <laughs> all the love to the ginger people out there but <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, you killed me with Shrek uh, last time, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, I haven't. Each time I saw his name, I always thought of Shrek. (laughs) Hmm. Okay then. Um, well, let's let's talk about your uh, your predictions for the sure. chapter. Sure. So um, I said the last episode that my chapter six prediction will be the same as chapter five, which was Akin and men reach their destination, the village Phoenix, uh, full of guns and full of people thinking they can take on Don Kali. That was my prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Well, uh, nope. Yeah, we, we go to I think a village, but not Phoenix, right? That is correct. So. That is correct. Yes. So, let's get started, I guess. Uh, yeah, let's uh, launch into the summary. So, chapter starts. Uh, chapter six starts with the, uh, Akin's journey, Akin's and the man's journey continuing. Um, the men were swimming up the river for many, many days, and as I mentioned earlier, we've learned the name of the ginger man. Uh, his name was Galt. And after Akin's slip up, when you know when Akin talked to him about the the dying man, Galt kept away as much as he could, trying to speak as little as possible to the boy. Um, the other men, on the other hand, were treating Akin like a bag, but uh, you know, lifting him, tossing him, blah blah blah, like you know. But finally, yeah. after a, you know, a, just this is a like. <laughs> We've kind of talked about this before, but like this is a, a very effective mechanism at kind of subtly communicating that these guys don't know what the hell they're doing exactly. when it comes to handling the, the child. It's quite aggravating. Right? It's just the, the constantly like having him be described as being like picked up by a limb, and it's just like. It, uh, the thing is, right? It's very aggravating. The thing is, in the book, Ak- finally, after a few days, Akin realizes that in their minds, it was not a cruel treatment, right? Like, yeah, no one yeah. hit Akin anymore. No one tried to poison him. Although there were a few fights between the men themselves and some, and the usual cursing in each other. Nothing else happened to Akin. So I hmm. feel like that level of uh, um, accepting what is acceptable behavior has dropped significantly mm. in Akin's eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's like he's recognized that it's not kind of like active ill intent when it comes to like the, the handling him. It's just that they don't know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, but that's not standard. Like, let's be honest. No, this is no. not the standard of ch- child treatment that should be out there, Akin. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Well, I suppose it, it's interesting to. Uh, I wonder if there's some kind of uh, some, some commentary there on, on some aspects of this because it's. Uh, like there have been no very young children around. That's correct. For the last 
few decades, effectively, right? Because that's how long they've been out of stasis. Well, um, so actually, um, we've learned that the man who died, like, was awake for sixty-five years, right? So technically, for each person, we can't assume it's the same time. It's it's it might be differing. True, true, and I suppose there's the. Um, I mean, it's it's been. Two hundred something, something on the order of like three decades or so since kind of the humans started to be seriously reintroduced to Earth. Right? Yes, so that's correct. Group. That's correct. So they may have spent some time awake on the ship before that, but in terms of like the amount of time that human uh, sort of semi-self-sufficient human independent groups back on the surface of the planet, it's only been about thirty years or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct, yes. Sorry, I mentioned earlier that it's been like 200-something years, 250, 270 years since the actual nuclear war that mm-hmm. took place. But yeah, it's it's for some of yeah, them, probably yeah. they haven't even seen a child in a long time. So hmm. so presumably, yeah, there'll have been no new kids born in that time and there may have been some young kids woken up. But uh, yeah, so like the exposure to, to children will have been lower. That- uh in that time that's true but, but uh, it, the one of them um, doesn't seem like it should be sufficient yeah honestly <laughs> to be this bad um honestly like but the thing is one of them later on talks about that he had seven kids right mm-hmm. and like you know so there should be some memory of like you know how to take care of yeah. a cat, kid like even even you know you realize that you know they're not like duffel bags to just be thrown around like it's yeah, yeah, come on. So the, the fact that some of these guys had kids before makes <laughs> makes it Worse. even more irritating. <laughs> yeah, uh. but yeah, hmm. um, I can also realize that in the in the uh, as he was spending more time with the men that like that the men do not follow the civilized hygiene routine. They basically stank. Like they didn't wash themselves or anything. So. Um, it's. I just cannot imagine like this is an environment for a kid, especially for a kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Luckily yeah. for them, Akin and, was and one with um, one with enhanced sensory capabilities. As exactly. Well. <laughs> um, so it must be, but even twice as worse, or that more than that. And considering the fact that they're lucky that Akin is aware of his surroundings and he can like for example probably uh, defecate himself somewhere in like you know air, uh, some bush or whatever because if it was an actual one-year-old kid that basically poops and pees themselves all the time like i don't think yeah. those men would the kid wouldn't survive long enough with the if they haven't kept it uh it's hygiene long enough so mm-hmm. well i wonder if that's kind of a, a component of why they're they're treating him um, the way that they are, and that he's he's sufficiently other in just like his 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 advanced capacities, you know, just to take care of himself yep. and whatnot. That they're they they're kind of testing the boundaries of of his uh, robustness just because he's different. I maybe maybe, yeah. but still, it's not a way yeah. to treat a child. Doesn't matter how much no. different you yeah. are. But yeah, um, but. I I guess like we all as you mentioned earlier we also are told that you know the men from Akin observation they often talked about the dead man and you mentioned earlier his name Tilden um, as well as other men that traveled with them but all dead um, so I guess the group that is traveling now is just diminishingly getting smaller and smaller basically it's diminishing all the time mm. 
with the age and lack of basically any offsprings because you have your offsprings, you have to deal with Don Kali. Yep, yeah, we've just got this kind of uh, small diminish- diminishing roving band of well, kidnappers, I suppose. But there's point. no other way to like, you know, to, to they are either traders if they have goods or they're kidnappers if they have nothing, so so when the current in the river grew too strong, the group hit the boat and began the journey on foot and they were going uphill because the although there was still a rainforest around them, they started getting more and more scars um, and the land was slowly turning into hills. So um, the men hoped that the village that was nearby would trade Akin, a rich resistive village called Hillman, um, where people spoke German and Spanish. Tilden, the dead man, was the group's German speaker. In the group, though, there was another man called Damek, the, the man who hit Tino. Um, mm-hmm. But he only spoke a bit of basic German, only a few words. The other two men, Iriarte and Kalik, um, could speak Spanish. Iriarte lived in Chile, while Kalik spent years in Argentina. Um, the men decided to do the training in Spanish while listening to German for hope that maybe the villagers will say something between themselves, you know, like a slip-up or something. Hmm. It's interesting that they, they've got a little bit of uh, advanced planning here on what they're going to do for the trading, right? They're, they're planning to pretend not to speak any German yeah, uh, and only speak Spanish. So yeah, they're not... like They certainly, certainly seem to have more of a plan here going into the trade than they did when they... With the kid... Uh, <laughs> Attack Tina. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I guess, you know, f- four brains together will come up with a, you know, of their level, will come up with a plan after some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a th- an interesting mess of contradictions, this bunch. Yeah, the, honestly. Because yeah. I, 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 they seem to care about one another, uh, like when, when Tilden died, you know, one of them was crying. But then they beat uh, each but, other but, up and then they cursed at uh, each other and then, like, I don't know, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, odd bunch. A really odd bunch. So we know that we're told that Akin learned some Spanish from Tino, uh, but never had a chance to hear German. And as the group approached Hillman through uh, the village of Hillman, through fields of bananas, papaya trees, pineapple plants, and corn, a very well kept gardens is noticed uh, by Akin. The boy realized that something was amiss. The village was two neat rows of thatched roof wooden houses on stilts, but there was there were no people around. Um, I couldn't, Akin could not see or hear anyone. And considering the fact, you know, that even if humans were, you know, if they tried to be quiet, Akin, inheriting the super sensitive senses from the Onkali, would be able to pick them up nonetheless. But it was completely empty in here. Hmm. Yeah. So this sort of ominous ghost town sort of aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. So the first one to realize this, uh, something was amiss was Iriarte, because he looked at Akin and then saw in Akin's face that something was wrong. And um, where, like uh, when he was like, what's wrong? To, when the man asked Akin, he was like, what, what's wrong? And Akin was like, hmm. almost answered, almost made the same mistake hmm. as if he did with Galt, but um, um, didn't say anything, likely. The other man didn't notice yet, with mm. Kalik saying that, oh, everything is fine. But Imiriart immediately told uh, him that about the lack of people, you know. He's sure because Akin noticed mm. it, and that's when Galt also chipped in, saying, yes, um, he he agrees because mm. he's, uh, he was watching Akin all this time. Um, there's this little excerpt from a book I copied. He gave Akin a look of suspicion. What we walk into, you walk into uh, with us, kid. For God's sake, Damet said. 
he's a baby he doesn't know anything let's go so so far the only person who really realizes that akin is fully aware of what's going on is gal because he akin spoke to Mm -hmm. him but the rest of them are still treating akin like as a little baby basically yeah we haven't quite uh cottoned on to quite how how smart he is Mm. (laughs) so the men started walking towards the village whilst uh, Akin was absorbing the smells of the place, getting more information out of it. The people were gone for several days. The food was rotting and some agutis, small rodents, were uh, were running around and eating them. He could also smell the Onkali, but it was not the group to save him. The men stopped in the middle of the village, uh, abandoned village, and let Akin loose to observe where he could go. Um... Kin turned slowly, drawing breaths over his tongue, something unusual but not likely to stimulate fear or anger. Blood in one direction, old human blood, dry on dead wood. No, it would be no good to show them that. So, I need to say, like, they Mm. put Akin down, like a, I don't know, a hunting dog or something. Mm -hmm. And then just like, okay, Akin, go, go, find something. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, yep, um... They seem to have a, a, a yeah a very sort of mixed understanding of what his capabilities might be because they're very unclear on it, aren't they? Uh, I mean, Galt has some better picture of it, but the others kind of yeah. I mean, it's still seem to have some respect for his like sensory capabilities, but don't really. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I th- I feel like at this point, like considering there's been several decades of humans interacting with Don Kali, I feel like mm. there's like you know a superstition developed about mm-hmm. Donkali. Not um not without basis, right? Because mm-hmm. we know that you no, know, we were told earlier that Nikanj can hear your heartbeat or like inner thoughts, inner thinking if you like um even across this room, right? So it's it's like mm-hmm. okay, sort of maybe the kids also have this sort of uh ability. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's a superstition also growing like that everything that comes out from Donkali is like supercharged or like super strong super fast super senses like you know basically superman mm. yeah yeah uh, i i can i can certainly see that yeah this kind of set of superstitions around them mm. i mean you know it depends like if don kali developed the kids um the construct kids to have all mm. those abilities but i feel like maybe not all of them do that right like maybe some of them make the kids a bit less uh i'm sure they give them means to survive have a higher chance of survival but mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think it i got the impression that um you know akin's unusually intelligent even by the standards of the the construct kids right mm-hmm. so i think that uh, it, it may make sense that some of them have sort of less sophisticated communication capabilities at the same age um not to mention that they may well choose not to use them when kidnapped plus uh presumably there's not it's a relatively rare thing mm-hmm. that they've got the the construct kids interacting with the uh, the humans anyway, because you know it, it it never ends well. So most people who have who aren't so, sort of as, as uh, mm. uh, down on their luck as this bunch are not resorting to trying to to uh, True. kidnap the construct children. So yeah, it's a, a good environment for developing some superstitions, actually. Yeah. So yeah, it just felt to me that like it's it's a weird attitude that um towards having but you know who knows these men have mm. their brain wired in a really different way to what a normal human being would maybe have i don't know <laughs> uh, i don't know yeah i mean i i 
I suspect it's probably slightly uh, more normal way of wiring than we might like to think um, yeah. when subject to, to these kind of circumstances, at least. True, true. Um, but yeah, so on one way, Akin sensed blood and he was like, nope, I'm not going to show them that. Uh, and on the other side, he sends an aguti, sort of like a big rat, I would guess. Um, a small rodent, basically. Mm, yeah. uh, I think actually uh, the aguti has come up at some point in the past, because I'm pretty sure we mentioned the ecology of the Brazil nut tree, right? The whole... Um, oh, yes, we've talked about it, yes. With the... Uh, yeah, yeah. We've got... Wait, uh, the aguti is, is the, the little rodent that, that can like chip into the the, the the pods around the Brazil nuts. It's, it's one of those one of the species in that little net mesh of uh, uh, the ecology that's all required for the Brazil nut tree but, to, to reproduce. But what he said in the book was also that the uh, aguti here was a bit bigger and was modified. Actually, mm. it started not only eating the plants or the the, the nuts, but also insects, mm. small insects. So yeah. They must have, Don must have modified them so to be able to survive. Um, I mean, that although there was some uh, some evolutionary drift. To, well, I suppose it probably would have been a. It's a bit of a short period of time for that, but uh, two hundred seven two centuries. Who knows? Like yeah, it's a couple. Yeah, it's a couple centuries, and it's quite extreme selection pressure, relatively speaking, to the the normal time. Potentially, so you get something a bit more, uh, a bit more divergent. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but mm. the thing is, we know that the Onkali did modify some animals, so it might be also the mm-hmm. fact that they actually did modify even those uh, animals. But, mm-hmm. but did we have a discussion before about, like, what about the bacteria and, like, uh, microscopic organisms? Do you think the Onkali have done anything with those? Uh, I don't think we've brought that up, no, but um, I would be uh, unsurprised if they'd been messing around with those as well. Because, <laughs> I mean... You know, we have ants of the size of the finger, right? You would also almost think that either they evolved to be this size or Don Kali made them th- this way. Um, so why mm. not? I mean, we, we have we have ants almost that big anyway, right? I'm pretty sure there are. Uh, but the size of a finger? Are... I don't know. Like, I would be I mean, horrified. Like, I'll be running as fast as <laughs> bloody can if I like. Yep. Yeah. Take me the other. I'm I'm pretty sure there are ants that are. At least the size of like the first two joints on my index finger, that are, you know, Jesus, that exist as in the world now. Wow! <laughs> but like, I mean, one that's like the full length of my finger, probably less so. But like, I'm pretty sure they're out there. I mean, I've except for like the except for the ants. queens, right? Of except for the queen, I like, I can because I know those can get big. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's also some big like soldier morphs. God, that have you know the huge heads and the big clampy jaws. <laughs> Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, like if I wonder if they maybe also modify some bacteria, because like I mean, a lot of ecosystems work on like not that I'm an expert in this, but like I assume that a lot of bacteria are necessary for one digestion of food in animals. We obviously after our bacteria flora and uh, in our digestive system is important, but like also mm-hmm. you know breaking down dead tissue, right? So some some types of fungi as well. So Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, thinking about the the large ants, like one of the things that uh, used to facilitate much larger insects was the much higher on- oxygen concentration mm-hmm. that was present at, at one point, and and a lot of that was because a huge amount of carbon was was trapped um, in um, was lignin and some of the other compounds that are made by by trees. 
um, but uh, before the advent of a of a, um, a fungal enzyme that could break that down, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it accumulated in in like dead plant matter. Um, and once fungi evolved lignin, then the the atmospheric oxygen dropped back down again as a as a portion of the total like CO two went back up a little bit, uh, and then the huge insects could no longer yeah. survive because the the tension gradient's not there. To I need to say to I'm really get enough I'm really thankful for the fungi that they, they, they evolved to have this because I would not <laughs> have want to have a fucking one meter tall mosquito flying around yeah. like you know it's like the joke no. like el mosquito ito means small in spanish so there has to be a boss called el mosco mm. basically out <laughs> there so yeah yeah I, it's like the the like meter wide dragonflies would have been pretty freaking oh terrifying. my god yeah it's just like especially for they're carnivores right they eat other insects and even small tadpoles right so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it would be like it would be like having a a living like military drone style <laughs> thing that would just like fly around and eat stuff the size of a domestic cat or something it's, it's like the like... 70s or 60s 70s, 80s like b-class horror movies just come to reality yeah exactly <laughs> honestly mm. and dragonflies they're just like ridiculously maneuverable if you've ever seen slow motion shots of them flying uh, there's an amazing one of um uh, there's a merlin trying to catch a dragonfly mm-hmm. over some open water, and there's this like super slow mo shot of this bird coming in. And if you see it in full speed, the bird like darts in and darts out again at insane speeds. And there's this, you know, it, so you've got this like real slow mo. The kind of the the like claws are opening. It's kind of reaching towards the dragonfly, and then the dragonfly just moves out of the way. It looks at like a, it looks like in the slow mo footage, it's going at kind of a normal pace, it just like moves sideways out of the way of the claws, and they just keep going in this like super slow mo kind of closing. Basically, just, it, real life the Matrix. maneuverability is insane. Neo, Neo <laughs> yeah. from Matrix. Yeah, basically. it's it's like one of those bullet time. Oh my shots. god! But yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're ridiculous. Back to the topic, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so where are we? Ah, yes. So he sent. So Akin sends mm. Daguti, but he didn't want the men to kill it, uh, even though we were told that like the men during the journey were like craving meat. So um, he's like, mm, okay, well, I'm not gonna tell them that. But finally, he could detect the smell of books, a paper, smell of paper, and dye, especially the dye. So he followed the smell of the dye and um, eventually they reached the house and the men found firstly a book with some crop yields written down and farming methods. They were trying to, you know, check how what's the best method. But then at the end of the book, the men read both in Spanish and German that the village gave up. The village was visited again by Don Cali and the people living there voted to join the trade villages to have Don Cali mates and kids. Part of what we mm. are uh, will continue. Part of what we will go to the stars someday. This seems, be- this seems better than sitting here, rotting alive or dying and leaving nothing. How can it be a sin for the people to continue? That's a mm. philosophical question and I feel like the answer is, is you can't really answer until you get to the point where you are at that situation right you know what i mean like if, if you were if we were at that position with like you can't have kids we don't have the technology to like you know do the sequencing understanding mm. what did Kali do to us that we cannot have children mm. yeah yeah well i mean i i basically already said i'm kind of uh 
I'm kind of all in on this project anyway. <laughs> so, like, they woken me up and showed me the spaceship and been like, "Oh, all this stuff." I'd be like, can, "Can I stay and you know learn about more how this works?" And you know. but uh, so like, but let's let's <laughs> look uh, look at it from the other perspective. Like, let's imagine ourselves in uh, yeah, yeah. a position that we really want to solve this problem, right? Like. This is, mm-hmm. let's say, like, Don Kali arrived at the point where, like, we were not happy and, like, we are not happy and they forced us on the, on this, right? It wasn't, like, in this book, mm-hmm. there was, like, let's, it's complete, like, non-consensual sex, right? Like, we, we are not happy mm-hmm. with this. So, but we have no technology. Yeah. So what would we really need to do to, um, to bring, like, to, to actually understand it? So first of all, we'd, we need to de- redevelop, like, all the different gold standard methods of like imaging so microscopes um chemicals or chemistry would have to material of course material chemistry we mentioned earlier and many times um that would Mm -hmm. have to be progress as well quite substantially because before even we can do the sequencing of the level that don kali are doing Mm -hmm. it's like basic dna analysis like you know pcr techniques like of course you can do an old style like hot bath and different temperatures but even that we need the reagents we need the like yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think it's a. I think the, in many ways, the only winning strategy is is almost um, independently preserving some human genetic material and then going in on the Owen Kali plan with the long term aim of having descendants that would be capable of, uh, re- you know, remaking the human species. So I think the plan, the, the idea would be to keep a piece of the culture alive and secret as a conspiracy mm-hmm. to bring back the humans, because I can't see a way in which you can bootstrap the technology in a single generation. So it would be, I don't know, travel to the the far north or south pole, right, uh, and uh, store a, a cache of human genetic material somewhere where it will naturally remain sufficiently cold to have it preserved uh and and then uh, attempt to construct a a a, uh, a secret c- culture that will persist inside the uh the Oankali, uh um world until we have sufficient understanding and and control over some aspects of their technology that we could uh, r- bring back the original so humans. i guess like the sequencing of the human genome and genes like before um the modification would be necessary so all the like epigenome the genome the chromosome structure all of that data would have to be stored somewhere well yeah, so that that's why i'm saying we, we preserve some some uh, you know some sperm and egg yeah, but I'm talking also about electronic in, data, right? So be able to actually um, sort of use that as a basis in case the the living tissue is not available, so that there is some sort of kickstart. Oh yeah, I mean, it seems like the Owen Carly maintain those records in their their own technological um, sense, right? They, they they kind of record them biologically, so that would be the one of the top priorities of this conspiratorial group would be the uh, uh, learning about and the uh, you know the, the, the limitations the capabilities and how you might mm-hmm. attain the capacity to use the Owen Carly genetic engineering technology but yeah I feel like it's it's it would if we want to do it in one generation so in those 30 years that we are back on the planet um, we really would need to have a good yeah. kickstart from somewhere like it have to be some like 
data or some equipment that's been like somehow scavenged from somewhere and somebody with the knowledge being what it is being able to reutilize mm-hmm. it's like let's say some might like they find some like equipment that maybe um is still usable microscopes and pcr machines and maybe some reagents that being frozen or something yeah i mean i, 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 I the thing is that I, I get this distinct impression that the arancali will have already kind removed of, um, all of that looted any of the interesting caches of uh, pre-war tech yeah. and so on uh, but yeah i say i i don't th- I don't see in the absence of having access to advanced transportation technology a way of effectively scouring the world for the remnants of Yeah, I things. think without but, the correct infrastructure for like materials and yeah. stuff like that, I don't think it'll be possible yeah. to unless like unless you had specific prior knowledge of the existence of one of these caches in a, a location that was likely to have been missed by the Avancali, right? So if uh, I don't know. Let's say one of these one of these guys who has one of those crazy projects to buy like a decommissioned nuclear missile silo in Nebraska and turn it into like yeah. survivalist apartments, right? And has you know a copy of Wikipedia and a bunch of other crap buried down there with them, right? If if you know like the specific location of that, maybe you can wrangle a way to get there and find out whether or not there's there's some remnants of of the stuff you might need down there. But then it's a question of doing that in a way that escapes the Owen Carly's attention. Uh, it's tricky. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just felt mm. to me like, I feel like if there was a collection of people who knew, had the scientific knowledge, I feel like maybe they could reach some basic level of like, even maybe looking at the uh, micros- microscopic level of cells like no microscopes looking at the cells extract i don't know even like just trying Mm. to see any physiological changes but but so even even then it becomes a um like let's say you have a group that successfully manages to reproduce uh uh, some some you know purely human children you still have the problem of evading the oankali and they have orbital spacecraft right so anything that you do they can probably find just from you know looking at the planet from up there. No, no, right. no. What I'm saying is like, but yes, we're looking at the most uh, like realistically that would happen. But like thinking the fact that like some of the villages could potentially have, um, let's say, super conspiratory uh, areas like they can hide stuff and like there's people you know like um, hiding this. So, oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is the, like it's. In realistically, if you look on the spaceship and on Cal, yeah, that's that discloses. But what I'm trying to do is look mm. into perspective of just pure scientific development of the from zero to back to where we can do sequencing by ourselves, right? So, how, like, for example, mm-hmm. how many decades would it take for humans actually if there was a already, set, let's say, setup of group of people who know what they're doing and what they need to do to acquire those materials back from step, from you know, starting point to the final stage. Okay, so, so sort of granting we managed to evade our Carly detection, yes. how how would we? Okay, right, right. Because um. if you look, if you think about like Don trying to, uh, you know, find a way around Don Carly, it's probably not unrealistic. But let's say like it's possible. So from that state, what do we? Mm-hmm. What could? How how long do we think? What would be the next stages that people would need to do? Um. I, I'm not sure, really. I mean, there's there's kind of so much like basic tech. To, to have I was to stop thinking about it. The more I was thought about, it's like, what about like if human DNA was changed, like the structure of DNA? 
Like you would literally need to start from the very basic one, having humans, then having humans mm. that deconstruct DNA and then having like, I don't know, a cadaver of an Onkali and trying to see if you like, if what's the difference between Donkali? Because I feel like it's not going to be the simple mm. like, oh, they just blocked some genes and whatever and they can like, I feel like it's probably even more complicated than that and that something that even with our modern technology wouldn't be able to solve very quickly. Mm, yeah, whatever they actually did to um to make people sterile. Mm. Yeah. Um Yeah, we don't know what that mechanism exactly. is. Exactly. So, so we can't really yeah, even like we, we, we can't <laughs> even break it down without knowing what the mechanism is. So yeah, you'd have to get back to a sort of a fairly fully featured set of modern molecular biology and, and probably even to a significant degree bioinformatic tools to, to do the analysis on that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's a, yeah, that's a long bootstrapping process because that means you need some... You have to have enough samples, you have to do you this... You probably need some computing yeah, stuff. Yeah, you have to comp- which, do the computer, yeah. which probably computers don't work because there's no electricity. And if you even you develop the electricity... Yeah, you'd, you'd have to have the means of, manif- of you know producing electricity, but the, the more difficult thing then is, is fabbing silicon. Yeah, but the, right? the thing that's is, like, um, if you find some old equipment from pre-war, it's probably not going to work because the gamma radiation from the nuclear weapons would probably fry everything. So the electromagnetic uh, impulse would just basically destroy everything. So that's not a... Yeah, I mean, if you get some some older generation, uh, some older generation. Yeah, chips but nowadays to a... find those, it's not really that easy, Richard. Like everything nowadays is modern. Like ninety something percent of equipment would probably break that we have. Like you know, like I know that for example, armies armies store old technology because they are aware of this danger. But realistically, I don't hmm. think you would be able to find something of this level at that point. But I mean, even a relatively recent but old chip on a larger scale, um, like larger feature size in the silicon is going to be more resistant to radiation damage than one of the modern ones, I think. Um, I don't think we can test it though. So it'd be nice interesting if somebody could actually check which one's like, oh, the generation of... I mean, I mean they, they they do do that with things like the um, the Mars equipment, uh-huh. right? They They go for older, larger feature size silicon because it's less easy to, to have cosmic radiation flip a bit yep. in your, your chips when you have a larger feature yeah. size. And that, uh, you know, it's not even that that old. It's, it's still, I don't know, on the something like 30 to 50 nanometer feature size mm-hmm. range, um, which is, you know, about an order of magnitude more than the cutting edge stuff they're developing now still. But it's enough that you don't accidentally get bit flips from cosmic yeah, radiation. yeah. yeah. And, and even then, right, it's, I don't know if it's it's not going to do serious damage to the operation of the chip. I mean, it's not like there's ongoing radiation. So if it if it was off and not doing anything and it got irradiated, it's probably going to still work okay uh, for doing computations subsequently. I just, I just feel like there's so many, so many steps that we would have to undertake that it's just, I can easily imagine why it like overwhelmed so many people. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be a ridiculously massive undertaking to to you know you have to reassemble all these different components of civilization to to make all of the stuff that we need to do the modern technological things. That yeah, it's, it's a huge project. Yeah. But hence my uh, my kind of uh, immediately abandoning that plan, and going for the uh, uh, preserve some genetic material independently of the Oankali if possible, yeah. retain that secret down some generations, and then maybe you know try and have a 
pro-human faction within the Oankali that can eventually get control of some of its own Oankali-based assets and use them uh, against the the uh, the Oankali. And uh, you need like a, a an, um, an inside yeah. underground kind of a movement because I can't see the the trying to run it independently approach working. It's, it, it's going to be discovered at some point. It's going to be stamped out at some point. You have it's to work be... it from the inside, basically. Yeah. 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 I guess. Well, let's go back then to the chapter. Because um, it's really depressing if you think about like uh, trying to solve this. <laughs> yeah. So the men left the house after finding that no, the, no, the village joined the Onkali and went looking around looking for things they could scavenge. I can find one of mm-hmm. that good, you know, observing his behavior, you know, I guess the man was running, looking around. That good, he initially worry, eventually allowed Akin even to touch him. But the moment the animal moved away from Akin, it got blasted away with a roar of a human-made thunder. Akin turned around and saw Galt holding his gun. The man looked at Akin and smiled. Akin understood then that the man had shot the inoffensive animal not because he was hungry for its meat, but because he wanted to hurt and frighten Akin. What an asshole. Akin went to the Agutians uh, and saw it struggling to run, but its struggles were in vain, and as, as its hind, hind feet uh, did not work, and it had a gaping hole in its side. Akin bent to its neck, tasted it, and then deliberately injected his poison. After a few seconds, the Aguti stopped struggling and died. I mean, seriously, what the hell is wrong with that man? Yeah, yeah, that's um, messed up and unnecessary. Galt approached and nudged on the animal, but Akin said that he helped it die. Um, this is an excerpt from a book. Akin swayed slightly, even though he was sitting on the ground. He, has, he had tasted the Agutti's life and its pain, but all he could give it was death. If he had not gone near it, Galt might have never noticed it. It might have lived. He hugged himself, trembling, feeling sick. Galt mm. is just like, really? It's just unnecessary. That's like a, basically a psychopath behavior, like generally just like the moment anybody would do that. Hello, police. Yes, please arrest this man because he's way, he's not capable of living in society. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's just one of those things, right? He views Akin as not being of his group, so he might be nice to other people, but he's, you know, Akin's the other, so. Like, I get that, but it's a child. Hmm. Like, what has yeah. a newborn child, a one-year-old child had to do with anything just by being born? Like, this blows my mind. This argument that they're different and because they're, like, just blows my mind how, I don't know, like, how, lack of empathy in humans in general. Yeah, but I mean, this is the whole thing, right? It's the dehumanization mm. process, right? That's yeah, the, I mean, yeah. That's how that that's that's how that that kind of sentiment uh, works right you know if, if if you dehumanize him and and they've been you know dangling him by his limbs somewhat dehumanizing dehumanize the the this other person and then you know they're in the out group they're no longer part of the the moral universe about whom you have to care. i know but i mean we we treat animals better than we treat some humans like it's just blows my mind mm-hmm. although sometimes understandably <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway but yeah it's, it's interesting also that Akin has this you know Akin very acutely feels mm-hmm. this right I mean Galton is, is right that this is going to actually hurt him which is interesting because you know Akin has this 
quite Owen Carly's sense of kind of a value for life, right? Yes. They, they kind of, they, you know, they really dislike killing stuff. And you know, he uh, also has the, the the empathy and the... But I need uh, to say something. Kind of understanding to decide to, to uh-huh. kill it. Well, I need to say something that if I was God, mm. I would pee my pants. Like, can you imagine? You, like, you're trying to be... Um, vicious towards a kid, like because you know he's a let's in your eyes a monster. You shoot an animal to try mm-hmm. to scare it. And usually people behave, and there's like this kid just standing there, standing up and turning around and look at you. I would literally put my pants like if somebody like this, just a kid, <laughs> one year old kid, just looks straight into my eyes straight after and like and not even twitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Akin has just you know very kind of calmly killed this agouti put it out of its misery put it down right and and now presumably with blood on his mouth because he's just been you know <laughs> in there injecting uh-huh. his poison on, on this wounded animal is you know turn around giving you the evil eye for for having done that right so yeah definitely like the you know, all the like creepy kid horror <laughs> just, yes Oof. yep yeah, which so from his perspective may not have been a good move for his rep with gold, right? Because now he's going to be scared. Yeah, of exactly. Something, which is probably a problem. Uh, yeah, which later on is actually re- mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Says Iriarte says to Akin the same thing. So, um, but let's go mm-hmm. back to this. So, like, I mean, honestly, like at this point, like I feel like God is like, what the hell? And then he asks him, why does Akin only talks to him? To which Akin doesn't. First of all, he wanted to help help Tilden. Now, because he wants to help him, and he shouldn't eat that goodie, because there's poison in it that would kill him. And I mean, hmm. at this point, I would understand why the man would be freak out because, like, hmm. I mean, he does because the moment he Akin said it, like, uh, God aimed like a vicious kick, as the book described, at his head, but hmm. Akin dodged it like Neo. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm not. This is all like over uh, saturate over a colorization of the situation. All happened, but like you know, imagine like a kid mm. just like calmly looks at the uh, animal, feels it does something to it, turns around, has a blood in his mouth, and then you ask him why does he talk to you, and he's like, because I don't want you to die. I would honestly be mm. like, yep, yeah, this is a demon child. Kick it, kill it with fire. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, the, the, that's the uh, the whole um, dehumanization mm. thing, right? <laughs> now he's sufficiently alien that uh, it freaked you out to provoke that kind yeah. of reaction. It's the yeah. So Riyad uh, then gets comes to the scene, running and picking up Akin and holding him protectively against God. You fool! You'll kill him! Riyad shouted. Good riddance! God yelled back. Shit! There's plenty of trade goods here. We don't need any mongrel bastard. Kalik had come up and stood beside Riata. What have you found here that we could trade for a woman? He demanded. Silence. That's what mm. they got silence to trade. Mm. Um, and then Kalik says, the, the boy is worth, uh, well, is worth to them what gold used to. In fact, Riata mm. added, he was more valuable than gold. So, you know, like, at this point, like, you see yeah. a demon child and then all the other men who are not aware of what just, uh, you know, took place just come in and protect it it's like I, I, it's just a perfect mm. horror movie like you see you know like a setup <laughs> like i can imagine this little child is like you know doing doing like these voices to you and his head's turned 360 mm. degrees and then like you're like oh this 
kid is a demon. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, it's just a child. What are you talking about? It's like, yep. Yeah, yeah, the whole, um, yeah, I, I suppose like, Akin is kind of like, um, ends up not intentionally, but sort of gaslighting him for the fact that he doesn't talk <laughs> yes, to any of the others, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, the others are all like, <laughs> what are you talking about? This kid's just a kid. And, and he's like, no, he, he talks and he's like killing things. <laughs> it makes him look like he's nuts. But uh, yeah, so uh. <laughs> exactly, it's exactly what happens in the book. What exactly is that, as you said? But the, it's the best part is like mm. Kalik tells Spike to go. It's like it doesn't matter. We're like he doesn't care if Akinev could fly because there are people who would pay anything for him because he looks normal, right? So Iriarte mm. then asked, mm. "What did the boy say?" So Gal repeated everything what he told him. But then he then lifted Akin and asked him to speak. But of course, the boy was smart and kept shut. So like yeah, as you said, gaslighting God completely. Yeah. Uh, and Gal was like, okay, give me the boy, I'll make him speak. But the man said, like, that he'll speak when he's ready. He himself, Iriarte, had seven kids before the war, and they mm. never wanted to talk when, they, when he asked them to. Um, so it doesn't mm. matter if he can talk. The boy looks normal, doesn't have any uncanny physicality, and that's why it made him so valuable. So it makes mm -hmm. complete sense that Gal is so pissed off, like, and then on edge around Akin. And the chapter ends with Liarte yeah. taking Akin close to him, and when they were alone, he tells Akin that if it's better not to talk, in general, just not to talk. Also, that he should be careful not to scare the rest of them, the men, like trying to kill things with the poison, because they can get crazy. And that's where the chapter ends. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, this guy is warning him that the others can get crazy. They all seem yeah, to have Yeah, they're this. all crazy, <laughs> like... Again, with this this group, like they all think each other are kind of a uh, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, on hinge, on edge. Yeah, something like that. Unhinged. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. edge. Yeah, yeah. They they're all kind of concerned about one another's behavior. Yeah, <laughs> which is now oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, very uh, a dangerous, unstable lot to be uh, to be stuck with. Mm. Right. Plus, the I mean, the end goal of of trading him for a woman. Why woman? Like, I don't get, like, yeah, I, so, I mean, maybe, like, the physical needs, but, yeah. like, you know, I don't want to really go to this conversation, but I just don't feel like that they, like, what would that, that yeah. solve? Like, I mean, maybe they're just, I don't know. Like, let's not go there, because yeah, I just yeah, feel absolutely. like this this will get really uncomfortable very quickly, so. Yeah, well, yeah. Immediately back to, to sexual Yeah, basically, slavery. yeah. So. Yeah. Great. Let's go to my predictions then for chapter seven. Yes. So I don't. I wasn't certain where this will go because they find one village, and they were like, "Okay, there's nobody here." So then I thought they might go on a journey, and then they find all the villages so far they've met, they've seen, empty. Like I, I thought that that might be the case. The Onkali are like just like Nikanj mentioned to Lilith and Tino that they're gonna send people mm. over, like they try to re invite people back to Don Kali, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I thought maybe that the fact that um, what will happen is that they will go to another village and then they'll find the same thing, like that um, there's nobody there. Or mm -hmm. whatever they are asking for, another woman, they'll be like, uh, nope, that's not gonna happen. So they're not mm -hmm. unsuccessful. And uh, eventually they were like, okay, Fuck it, we'll go to Phoenix, right? So that that's why I thought that hmm. might, that might might take place. Okay, so you, you've been uh, you've been scared off your Phoenix next prediction for having it to falsify yes, too yes, many Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know if I don't think they're gonna reach Phoenix yet. Okay, okay. 
Actually, we um we kind of didn't talk about the um when they abandoned this village. Uh-huh. There was this. There was that split, right? Because some of them decided to join the Oankali, and another group said, "Yeah, this is the loop uh, like splintered off yeah. and left, and said, you know, we're, we're not doing that." Well, um, we only know that there was like um, one person wrote it, like that, because in the book it was like written in German, like, "Oh, we know the Oankali are abominations, blah blah." So the men, I think, assumed that mm. the, the, they splintered off. So. Uh, maybe some some. Mm, yeah, I, I suppose. So I just assume like that. There's only like few individuals. There's like there's no one. Probably they just went off mm. out of the village and either went out of the village and just to die off, or joined mm. on Kali but never to pair with anyone. Right. Yeah, I, I don't remember if uh, yeah, I didn't really kind of spell it out. We just kind of had to figure out from the signs. But it sounds like you know they they held a vote and the majority went joined the yeah. on Kali and. Presumably, a certain number of the minority who dissented decided to. There's uh, no point of doing anything. To yeah. go their own yeah, way yeah. and leave. Yeah. So. So I suppose we could potentially encounter some um, of those people. Some of the those people who spoke. I have the strange feeling that because Phoenix is mentioned so many times, that Phoenix is going to grow to this like either Phoenix or later on some sort of like the Southerner. Groups like that's being mentioned earlier about the, with the guns, right? There's gonna be like this super agglomeration of people who are like, like from villages and areas where Don Kali visited to invite them, and they're all collected there. It's like the final sort of stand of humanist point standpoint, like um, where the the final resistance, like, let's call it, right? Um, okay. Okay. But I don't know, like whether it would be the Phoenix or it would be one of the southern towns, villages, whatever you call it, that, that would be like that. Hmm. But I just I okay. cannot imagine okay. living in such places because it would be so miserable. Like, can you imagine? Like, it's already miserable that you cannot have, you cannot, uh, have children. And then, I mean, <laughs> considering the fact that the book, they, they were trying to if, uh, impregnate young girls, that's just, that's, that's already fucked up. But like, like, yeah. It, Plus, apparently, they're willing to trade women and like yeah, like women. But also, the fact that like you have you live in a village for like let's say twenty thirty years, your lifespan is probably like one hundred fifty years now, like life expectancy, and then suddenly Don Cal you visit, mm. revisit you and you're like, and they're like oh, and there's a vote and most people are like you know what we are tired of this, let's just live with Don Cali. and you're like deep inside you're like the fuck are you talking about? And they all go to that like one city right, like they all agglomerate. How much of like, mm. um, not hatred, but like, like I wouldn't be able to live around people who are like have so much um, hatred inside mm. bitter- bitterness. That's maybe. what I was looking for. Bitterness in them, like mm. the, the whole town mm. would be just like, I don't know, like just full of bitterness. In yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this is very much kind of an an, an illusion of choice, right? There's no. Uh, this is sort of you know wearing people yeah. down slowly to to give in to to joining up with the Oankali's plan rather than anything resembling a a sort of meaningful choice uh, to be separate from them because yeah it's just there's no prospect for the future of yeah. anything that they try yeah. to build it's just so yeah. I just feel like th- mm. it'd be such a miserable existence. Like that place, like just collection mm. of nonstop love, like just that that build up of tension so high that like you look at someone and they're immediately just 
jump at you with fists and you know kicks and stuff like that. Just just imagine very easily such an environment. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I I, I don't know. It, I I I'd, I'd uh, be more inclined to be on the kind of like um, uh, in a homestead somewhere away from a larger center of yeah. population if I was do- doing that rather than being in a a town. I mean, I, you know, if, I, if I'm planning to kind of like live out my days and not join the Oankali, then I want to do it away from where a whole bunch of other humans are likely yeah, exactly. to kill me. It's more likely that you die from the humans than you die from the Oankali. So it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's, that, that summarizes my prediction. I, I'm, I'm too scared of Phoenix at the moment, so I don't know where, when the hell are we going to reach that place, but... What's go- whatever is gonna happen, like it's not gonna be nice, probably. <laughs> okay. Yep. So uh, cheerful chat. Yeah. Honestly, around. like all, all you know, smiles all around. Everybody's happy. Every everybody singing kumbaya. <laughs> no. Apparently, um, Octavia uh, used to struggle with that quite a lot. She wanted to write a, uh, you know, a book that had kind of an up yeah, yeah. tone, but was was always like. <laughs> Oh well, this this has a very down. Oh my god! <laughs> sort of trying to write something cheerful, but always ended up with something like super depressing, and kind of had to you know rework it to to make it slightly more, uh, you know, palatable. So I think we're we're reading the edited version. Oh my right? god! Like the one, that, the one that she tried god, to cheer up. I just cannot imagine what topics she would go into. Like if she didn't like, if it wasn't rewritten. Like, it's already talking about yeah. pretty heavy topics and, like, but it just sort of skims around it because it, it feel like... But I feel like in the original version, she probably went in much more detail in certain, some things that uh, really would... Um, hmm. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, for, from uh, what I've kind of heard of her writing process, apparently she went to some uh, pretty dark places. Okay, with, uh, well, let's, and, let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's not go there because, uh, I mean, already it's... Mm. Yeah. She she didn't go there, yeah. so we're gonna have to. <laughs> uh, anyway, yep. And on that note, I guess let's finish off. Yes. So, yeah, thank you very much everyone, for listening. Um, we're Xenothesis. You can find all the places we upload our podcast on xenothesis.com. I was Michael Glinka. I was Richard Acton. Bye. Goodbye.